G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Monday, we love to get up to date with the political agenda for the coming week. Dan Flynn is the Chief Political Officer at the Australian Christian Lobby. Joining us, hi Dan, welcome along. How are you, Neil? I'm well, Dan. Dan, you're working from home? A casual day for you or what? No, no, not at all. I'm, I'm perfectly well-dressed, Neil. Your viewers would be proud of me. <laughs> but it, it is interesting to reflect, Neil, the, you know, the cities and the CBDs and the uh, commercial towers are basically empty and uh, people are working from their lounge rooms or you know, their bedrooms, wherever they can work from, particularly when there's multiple people working at home. I know one home is five people working from home. You know, five multiple Zoom meetings, you know, it's... Yeah. Uh, Interesting, both financially and relationally, yes. And, you know, I'm only presuming here, but uh, from what I understand and some feedback that we've received, there's lots more people listening to our conversation today than might ordinarily because they've got an opportunity to listen uh, from home and perhaps and given radio is one of those things you can do while you work, uh, it's great to have extra listeners who might be working from home today. Hey Dan, just quickly, uh, just to mention the Queen's speech, uh, she's addressed the Commonwealth overnight, uh, I wonder whether you had any impressions of of uh, the Queen and uh, just the steadying influence she is at a time like this? She has a steady um, outlook. Uh, her eyes are, you know, intently focused on uh, her mission to reassure Britain uh, uh, and the Commonwealth. Uh, it's so fascinating that in uh, 1940 she gave a similar reassuring speech when she was 14 years old. Uh, to children who were uh, being taken from London to the countryside to avoid German bombing. Uh, so um, that speech uh, I would commend to everybody to have a look at. It's very reassuring, and she makes the point that uh, every day uh, that we are helping others get through this crisis is a day closer to the end of the crisis. It's a point well made. Uh, her sense of realism and hope is uh, beautifully in balance. You know, she is a strongly committed Christian, and uh, I did note that in her speech uh, she couldn't resist the idea of really what was a call to prayer because she called on people of faith, of different faiths, even of no faith, to take time in meditation and prayer and uh, really brings that focus. And I know that even our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, has been doing that of recent times. Uh, he's called the nation to prayer as well. So great to hear from leaders who are calling the nation to prayer. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, we, uh, the Christian listeners, will be aware of Scott Morrison's uh, you know, recent involvement uh, in a prayer meeting. Uh, which was which was fantastic, and it was uh, uh, as Martin Isles has said, uh, our managing director, refreshing to see a prime minister with such humility uh, to uh, not only be implementing and putting all of his energies into practical measures, uh, but also uh, calling for prayer. Uh, he's demonstrating excellent leadership at this time. 
Yes, outstanding leadership. Listen, some of the issues that are developing right now as we speak, there's a Melbourne doctor, uh, a hard-working GP, who's been suspended by the Medical Board of Australia for posting some thoughts on social media and an article in the Christian newspaper Eternity. His name is Jareth Cock. Uh, what's he, What's the, the, the issue around all of this here that you're aware of, Dan? Well, uh, Jareth is a young Asian doctor who I have met. He's a Melbourne-based doctor. Uh, he uh, is a Christian man. Uh, who has posted extensively uh, on social media over the course of about 10 or 15 years. And uh, there was some complaint, anonymous complaint, uh, not by a patient, but by somebody, uh, I think, um, who objected to his uh, opposition to abortion, his comments about uh, uh, abortion, uh, the doctors who deliver abortions, uh, and also um, uh, he believes there are two genders, male and female. So he's very—he's a conservative Christian. Uh, they came up with 30 offending posts over 10 years, put that all together and took it to the medical board. The medical board has said, well, on the basis of this, this guy's not fit to practice. He has been suspended. And the Victorian Civil and Administrative Tribunal has uh, denied the doctor's appeal. So he currently uh, is a suspended GP. Uh, he, in his 15 years of practice, has never had a complaint uh, from a patient, uh, and patients speak well of him. So it's really puzzling. Um, you know, he has posted extensively, and, uh, you know, uh, we're just simply unable to, you know, sort of endorse all of his posts. Who knows Who knows what the extent of it all is? But uh, it's, a, it's a challenging case uh, if it stands for the proposition that if you're a conservative Christian and you believe that there are two genders, you believe that abortion is wrong... Uh, that uh, you could be deregistered as a doctor for expressing those beliefs. Uh, that would be very concerning if this case stands as law, um, as it currently does uh, under the title of the Medical Board at Australia uh, versus Jared Cock, KOK. From what I understand, Dan, he's been suspended by the medical board. Uh, you're suggesting there is even possibility. I guess with the suspension comes the deeper issue of deregistration. But the board here, as I understand it, has trawled through uh, all of his uh, online history and they've made a case against him, come up with a whole lot of examples. And uh, I guess, you know, having an article published in a Christian newspaper like Eternity was probably uh, the evidence, all, all the evidence they needed. Here's a doctor going public uh, saying things like, there, you know, there are two genders, uh, male and female. I mean, it doesn't sound very, uh, very controversial to us in our context here. But, uh, but the idea that the medical board might be trawling through the history to try and make a case against a doctor to suspend him and then potentially deregister. That's really disturbing, isn't it? Very disturbing. Uh, anybody governed by a code of conduct that says you have to be inclusive uh, or you have to support reproductive rights, this could apply to doctors, to lawyers, to teachers. Uh, so it's, it is troubling. I think the extent that they found 2,000 pages, uh, they compiled 2,000 pages of his online history over 10 years. But I think all of us can probably reflect in 10 years of posting, we, you know, we may have said one or two things that we could have expressed better or we actually may regret saying uh, when he was confronted with the material 
uh, he said, well, as far as it's possible, I'll, I'll remove it. Uh, and he acknowledged that some of this may have caused offence. It was quite, um, you know, open. And in fact, he said to the medical board, I won't post on social media anymore. But interesting, Neil, none of that was good enough for the tribunal. They said, no, not happy with any of that. Uh, if you hold those views and you've been prepared to say that uh, you're not fit to practice, um, very, very uh, challenging case and one that I think will become, people will realise uh, how important this is time, as time goes on. No doubt we'll talk some more about that as things develop when that situation uh, uh, starts to, uh, to mature. Hey, let's move on to a different issue here, Dan. Uh, as you know, churches haven't been able to meet, uh, doors have been closed, and churches have been doing online services. Now, there's some sort of, you know, assumption that, you know, in a small church context, you might have the pastor doing some sort of FaceTime and uh, all it needs is one person with a tripod and all of a sudden you can stream into everybody's home. But uh, some churches are bigger than that. Some churches have their own worship music. Uh, some churches are a little bit more sophisticated and takes a few extra people to gather together. Is there some controversy that's uh, building around this idea of, uh, you know, churches meeting together to run an online? worship service? Well, well there, there has been, uh, not this Sunday, but the one before, uh, you know, I was made aware, I don't have the details, but I was made aware of a church where uh, they were mid, midstream in terms of the live streaming and had to close that down. Um, and uh, what's, Scott Morrison's obviously heard about this, and he's made a ruling for Easter Sunday, which is, uh, you know, to clarify, make sure that doesn't happen again saying that places of worship for Sunday will be considered places of work so that services can be live-streamed to the community. And um, uh, so this will ensure that Easter services uh, can remain accessible. And I think that this will um, uh, apply to Sunday services beyond Easter Sunday um, because the National Cabinet agreed on the 3rd of April that providing access to church services is important for a sense of continuity and social connection um, and the services can be conducted and live stream. Uh, a few conditions uh, that only essential staff are present. Number one, number two, that the venue remains closed to the public, and number three, that social distancing principles are adhered to. You know, um, one person per four square metres, etc. Yep. Um, and anyone uh, wishing to conduct a religious service, including Easter. Uh, must use the minimum number of participants required to deliver and live stream the services. And the PM's announcement says, which may include a priest, attendance, an organist, a videographer and a sound recordist. So uh, the Prime Minister is doing his best to make sure that um, Easter is a celebration and, um, uh, you know, uh, he is risen. It's a wonderful um, context in a sense to think about the resurrection because we are all, um, you know, quite grief-struck at the moment in so many ways, uh, you know, as a planet. So um, I think the, the message of Easter is really going to be significant. You know, it's going to be a significant Easter this year, different to normal, and as you say, Dan, with that ability for churches to be able to be assured that they can put on a production of uh, what will be an authentic 
demonstration of uh, the love of God as they reflect the crucifixion and the resurrection. Uh, that'll be a really powerful thing to look forward to this weekend. And, uh, you know, used to uh, now getting church service on Sunday, but no doubt churches will have an, a good Friday service and uh, look forward to that for listeners uh, to participate in whatever your church is doing uh, by way of a streaming opportunity. Hey, Dan, there's a new initiative that the Australian Christian Lobby is rolling out for council elections and uh, what you're calling a child protection index. Uh, what's this new initiative all about? Well, just recently, in fact, it was uh, about a week ago, the, the Queensland Council elections were held. Uh, Wendy Francis and her energetic team in Queensland contacted uh, the uh, candidates and asked them a number of questions uh, to do with uh, you know, their pro-life views, uh, what their views would be on drag queens in, uh, in libraries, zoning, advertising, um, um, other aspects of uh, you know, local council work, including their attitude to domestic violence, and came up with a score out of 10 for the uh, candidates, um, and that became a child protection index, uh, which was uh, published, circulated on social media, uh, sent to our supporters uh, in uh, Queensland, uh, and this dealt with Bundaberg Regional Council, Cairns, Ipswich, Gold Coast, uh, uh, Logan, uh, and others. So, um, fantastic. I feel sorry for the candidates who did not uh, answer the questions because they, they, they kind of got a zero for their non-participation. Uh, but uh, Wendy Francis, who your viewers will be familiar with, uh, had great feedback from the candidates uh, who um, thought it was, was very helpful. Uh, and uh, I think that this is... Uh, a great way to do an index that may be very useful in the upcoming state election, uh, which we're anticipating will still happen in October. Well, a fabulous initiative uh, to work at local government level uh, to accompany and uh, to complement the good work that the Australian Christian Lobby does at state and federal elections when it comes to those election surveys. And uh, people can get a checklist, an easy comparison of candidates and parties as to what they stand for. So uh, another one to add to those dimensions. Uh, just quickly, uh, just still focusing on Queensland for a moment here, uh, a euthanasia report has arrived and uh, the Queensland government recommending assisted suicide. Uh, that's a concern, but we've been able to see this coming. Well, absolutely. Uh, this is um, this report has been coming for quite some time. Uh, it now uh, recommends what they're calling, uh, you know, voluntary assisted dying. We know it's assisted suicide and euthanasia. Uh, the report uh, was tabled last week. Uh, the premier at a press conference was asked about it and sort of fluffed it and said, "Oh, look, you know, I haven't read it, and government has no comment to make," which is not what you do when a much-anticipated report is tabled. Um, and you have the Greens saying, we, we must get this done while Labor is still in power in Queensland. We must get that done, this done this year. Uh, if the LNP were elected, they would not support assisted dying. Uh, so now is the time. So there's a push on uh, to get this done, uh, which is um, a really strikes at the heart of all the work in relation to the COVID virus, uh, which affects really, you know, older people, 
vulnerable people, people with compromised health, um, and uh, the Greens um, uh, would look at that cohort and think, well, they're, they're all candidates for assisted suicide. So um, uh, it's, it's quite bizarre that there'd be an endeavour to push this at this time. Um, I hope the Premier is awake to that and um, uh, refuses to um, go along with the push by members of her own party and the Greens uh, to have assisted suicide uh, to debate it this year. Uh, is uh, politically, uh, you know, very dangerous, and uh, to have it at any time uh, is very dangerous, as we've learnt from the Victorian experiment. Dan, we're very aware that all sorts of things happen under the cover of a crisis and uh, so thankful that uh, you at the Australian Christian Lobby are monitoring some of those issues uh, because some of these things are going to happen undercover and uh, to bring at least an alert to listeners so that they can be in touch with their local MPs. A very powerful thing. Just one more very quick uh, issue. I know uh, we've run out of time, but in South Australia... Uh, where you've got, um, you know, with the uh, the COVID-19 issue there and uh, the ACL is resisting calls for what is being proposed, less supervised access to the abortion drugs. And, uh, of course, this is another thing that can happen undercover. Things creep in here. What are your thoughts quickly around that one? Just quickly, Neil, if a woman wants to go and get the medication RU486, medication is really a poison, uh, then they have to go and see a doctor. Uh, they have to go and see two doctors in South Australia. We're all over the country. They've got to go and see a doctor. And the doctor's got to assess the stage of pregnancy uh, for one thing and also to assess whether it's, uh, you know, there's any other complications. Now, uh, what uh, the pro-abortion movement is saying, oh, look, women should be able to sidestep that, have the, have the medication posted to them, uh, and it's really a do-it-yourself abortion. Now, uh, we, uh, we are quite public about our resistance to that and the push is particularly on in South Australia, uh, but we've seen it in other states as well. And, uh, you know, the idea that um, people can receive in, in the mail uh, drugs that will, uh, you know, design to kill their baby, uh, you know, one dose today, another dose, you know, five, six days down the track, um, it, it not only you know, destroys that baby uh, for which, you know, God greatly grieves but puts those women uh, at uh, exponential risk. Yes, well, it is one of those issues, isn't it, uh, where Christians will resist this idea of human pesticide uh, because we know that those babies in the womb have absolute wonderful value before God. Uh, let me point people to the Australian Christian Lobby website. You'll be able to get resources on the sorts of topics we're talking about here today. acl.org.au, the Australian Christian Lobby website, acl.org.au. Dan Flynn is the Chief Political Officer at the Australian Christian Lobby. Dan, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. It's my pleasure, Neil. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.